Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Libby Kamen. Hey there, Libby. How's it going? Hi, it's so nice to meet you. I'm really glad to be here. I'm so excited for this one. We've been laughing for the past 15 minutes before we ever started. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a sign it's going to be a good day. Is like you start the show before the show and you just have fun. So I'm excited to be here with you. Thank you. I'm doing great. I hope you are well as well. Oh, it's a beautiful sunny day in Las Vegas. How about yourself? Uh, cold, gray, snowy at the moment. So uh, a little jealous. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it only got up to 65 today. So, I mean, it's still cold. Wow. I'm right, so Libby. sorry. <laughs> uh, most people are. <laughs> Olivia, I like getting the show started just right into it. So why don't you begin by telling sure. us a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Uh, so my name is Libby. Online, I go by Escesian. Uh, I am a broadcaster and a content creator on Twitch, but uh, by day, I'm a community management and marketing specialist in the gaming industry. So um, I stream, I manage a stream team, um, and that's all fun and good. Um, in my day job, I work for a game company, and I um, herd cats, take feedback, plan for social content um, in general, make sure that the game developers are connected with the people who play their game. Um, I also do marketing consulting in the gaming industry. I founded my own company, Radiance Media, with uh, one of my very, very longtime friends uh, in streaming and, and content creation. And our goal is really when you a, a brand wants to advertise with gamers, streamers, esports, um, it's an industry that's getting a lot of attention right now. Um, sometimes people will say, oh, we need to be in esports, we need to be in gaming and sort of go about it the wrong way. So we do consulting and brand strategy for or marketing strategy for companies who, for example, have that meeting where they're like, we need to be in gaming, but everyone's like, but how? Um, so we answer the but how. Um, and all of those things uh, combine somehow into a lot of work <laughs> and a lot of fun. Um, Wonderful. I live on the internet. I love <laughs> it. I and you uh, probably don't sleep at all based on everything you just told me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I should make more time for that. I think I'm going to start doing that in, in the new year here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, now, Libby, that's that's a lot to talk about. We're going to get all into that in just a second. But before we do, I start every interview with a single question. So I'm going to ask you, just I ask everybody else, on okay. a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you? Um, I'll give myself like, like a nine and a quarter. Okay. You know, why like is I can, that? <laughs> why, why didn't you get all the way up? Like why, why did you reduce that? Down? Um, cause I can put it in my pocket when it needs to go away, but also, you know, I'm the kind of person who will find something completely not funny at all to laugh about at three o'clock in the morning because I, I don't know. I'm dumb memes go right to my core. So I'll let's not all the way. Cause I can pocket it, but like, I'll go with, I'll go with like a nine and a quarter. Yeah. Okay. You can choose to be sane when you want to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or at least just like put the mask on for a second. Sure thing. All right. Um, I love this. And this is going to be such a fun one. Now this is the gamerpreneur podcast. So I do need your gaming cred before we go any further. When did you first start playing video games? <laughs> My gamer cred. Uh, I started playing games um, like as a little kid, I would get, you know, like putt putt goes to the moon and, you know, little, I don't know if that quite counts as like gaming, it's educational, right? Um, but uh, the first video game I really remember like diving into super hard, uh, probably a combo platter between Warcraft 3 uh, and uh, Morrowind. One of my friends played Elder Scrolls Morrowind and um, 
gave me like what was clearly an illegal like extra cd of it um and it was so buggy and it didn't work half the time um but yeah i uh i fell in love with games i was probably in in middle school at that point um i'd have to do some you know precise year math but um yeah probably about middle school um gamed all throughout um you know high school college I've, i'm a huge world of warcraft junkie um that's like my my game of choice and always Border has alliance. been uh both uh currently playing a little more alliance uh but i do always max level both to get both sets of stories um but yeah i actually like one of my really common stories i like to tell is like and we're fine with this now because i'm a grown adult but um back in you know the oos uh when everybody's computers were like the big old monitors on top of their desk not not this flat screen stuff we have now um i would be playing world of warcraft like on my desk in my room and i'd have like a textbook on the desk and then like your keyboard was on a little rollout tray that was like a very popular thing for home mm-hmm. desks at that point and i'd be playing wow and i'd have like my notebook in front of me and i'd be like flipping the pages um just like every like 10 minutes I'd like flip a chunk of the textbook and I'd be playing and then when my mom would walk by I'd like quick turn the monitor off and be like huh yeah this book in front of me super interesting like hands under the keyboard like I was um definitely sneaky about that I should have been doing my homework and not playing well but um I graduated all my schooling anyway so I guess it turned out and I happened to work in gaming so uh every time my mom is like those games will never get you anywhere I'm like really but, but they did a little. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, probably since middle school. Um, and right now I just kind of play a variety of things. I love adventures. I love MMOs. I love, um, like I keep coming back to like Fallout and Skyrim, just like anything with cool stories. Um, in my streaming life, I also like to play anything that like the chat can play along. Um, so lots of just like co-op games and multiplayer stuff that uh, people can jump into. Okay, fantastic. I totally forgot I had a textbook under my monitor too. It was calculus because it was big enough to be able to do my dual monitor with the other one next to it. <laughs> and then you can like, and then you could flip the, yeah, mine was an, I distinctly remember mine was like an SAT prep book and it was like, oh, I'm going to go work on that. And it would be like, I do a couple pages and then I'd be like, oh, but like what quest do I have? And then I'd hear her coming up the stairs and like flip the book a chunk and turn the monitor off. Like, ha, 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 look, I look how far I've gone. Like it's so much thicker on this side. But anyway, um, I promise I'm a good academic, but I definitely didn't care as much about it at like 15, I <laughs> which I think you. is fair. I believe you. That's like a very high schooler thing to do. It's like, nah, I don't need school. You do. Please. If you're a school age person and you happen to hear this, please stay in school. <laughs> okay. Don't do you, kind of, you kind of told me the, the genres that you play, but what specifically sure. are you playing today? What am I playing today? Um, I still think my my game of choice is going to be WoW. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so, I always am like, oh, I should try something new. And then I just end up back on it. Um, I also uh, semi-recently have been playing a lot of Destiny 2. Um, and like I said, when I stream, I sort of do anything community. So we play a cool game called Stream Racer where like the chat has little cars that go around a track. Um, I play things like golf with your friends, um, the Jackbox party game. So like streaming games and like what I play on my own are different. Um, what else did I love recently that I was um, maybe not super, super recently, but um, Far Cry 5 and Far Cry New Dawn were two that I had never played any Far Cry games before. And I just like got sucked in and played them for like until there was nothing left to do. 
Beautiful. Okay, now uh, Libby, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume your favorite game of all time is WoW, but yeah, that's safe. That's a, that's okay. a pretty safe thing to say. <laughs> so my normal question would be, what's your favorite game of all time? But I'm gonna ask you slightly different because you know I'm a, I'm a, a Warcrafter too. Like I was playing okay. yesterday. This when I get my game time, it's only WoW. What was your favorite expansion? Wrath of the Lich King. Um, uh, yes. I have a full size steel Frostmourne in my office. Um, it, we are uh, recording this the day after BlizzCon, and I don't want to spoil anything that you haven't seen, but there is some uh, theme- thematically adjacent storylines about to come that. out. Oh, oh. I, I, I cried um, because, specifically for one thing. And like, I'm, I'm a huge lore nerd in WoW. Like, I have a lot of the books. I will actually go back and like invest in the stories. Um, I like, I'm a big nerd for the story in addition to just like, being top DPS or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that made me cry in that specific cinematic, and there, I promise I'm not going to spoil it in case folks don't see it, but there is a moment where um, the soul of Uther, who's like a very old school Alliance Paladin character, his like afterlife soul is walking by a representative of the big bad jailer. And as he like clutches his heart where he was stabbed, the, watch it again. They play the Wrath of the Lich King theme, that song, under, oh my, I literally, I heard it and I was like, oh no, it's going to be bad. <laughs> like as <laughs> yeah. soon as I heard the notes, I was like, this is going to be absolutely gut-wrenching. I'm so afraid. Um, and yeah, so I, it makes me really like the current Shadowlands expansion because we're sort of like occasionally drawing back to those themes and like that general ecosystem. But I would say Wrath is my favorite. And that's because I grew up on Warcraft 3, right? You play mm-hmm. the Arthas storyline. You like take him through his journey to becoming the Lich King. And then I remember being, you know, I was a young adult at that point, right? But being able to go back into WoW and experience like the furtherance of that story I grew up on. Like, I think I would, I just ended up in like the perfect age group for that expansion. Um, I actually recently got looted Invincible too, like a couple weeks ago after oh, lucky. Far- farming it weekly since Wrath of the Lich King. I finally got it. So uh, I'm big on Wrath lore. Um, but I also, okay. I I did like BFA too, because I like the two different storylines. That's the only other like big, like I love this. I liked that each faction had their own unique, totally unique path. Okay, Livia, I'm fairly certain you and I could probably riff on Warcraft for hours if we really wanted to you probably that, have other questions of this we could do a different like we'll we'll make a wow show it'll be fun <laughs> for sure okay let's get over to the preneur part because that's why i'm really here sure i my my goal with this show is to show incredible gamers doing incredible things with their lives and so i'd like to ask you what is your professional background and how did you get to where you're at today Ooh. uh so my the short version, my professional background is uh, my bachelor's degree is in communications and digital media. So a lot of content creation, you know, graphics, video editing, uh, why you write copy the way that you do, uh, language choice, brand development. Um, but I also have a master's in marketing for technology. Uh, the reason that is, and this is the why, how I got into it. Um, I grew up participating in competition robotics in a league called First. Um, and the idea with First Robotics is that you expose kids to industry experiences, whether that's mechanical engineering or electrical or programming or the marketing and business development of these nonprofit organizations. Um, 
and I was like the mechanical captain. I drove the robot. I was the captain of the team. Um, if you can't tell, I was super cool in high school. Um, <laughs> but um, the what I, I did was I, I had thought originally that I was going to go to school for mechanical engineering. And I did. I started and I had a couple internships and I was like, you know, this is fun, but it's not what I love. I had this one particular internship that I was working on uh, testing for actually the, this is one I'm allowed to talk about. I worked for a company with a lot of NDAs, but the one I can talk about, I actually was a, a test engineer for um, the Coke freestyle. The the one where you go up and you like pick all the different flavors. And um, I was like, you know, the lowest of the low of the test interns. Right. Uh, but I was designing all these fixtures, but what I loved so much more than like sitting at my desk and catting out uh, a new nozzle to test out and see if it would work for this machine. Um, was I liked when the client Coke would come to, you know, our company because it was a small R&D firm. And I got to sometimes, not always, usually other people got to present, but I got to be like, here's what we found. Here's why it matters to the customer. Here's our recommendations, right? Like the, the customer facing side of the design and communication. Um, and so I went back to my university. I, that was my, between my sophomore, my junior year of college. And I went to my advisor and I was like, I, I didn't like this part as much as I liked this part. And my mechanical engineering advisor actually walked me to the communications department and was like, that sounds like technical communications do this. Um, and I sort of like sidestepped that into a more like kind of deliberate communications and media. Um, but I kept my engineering minor, which was super cool. Um, and my master's, I was like, I'm going to work in technology, be marketing technology. Um, I don't currently do that. Um, <laughs> and the short version of that is that uh, while I was in graduate school, I was super lonely. I lived in a city by myself. I didn't know anybody. So I spent a lot of time on Twitch and I was watching streamers and YouTubers and all these people. And I was, you know, putting myself uh, through graduate school and like paying my bills by freelancing. I was doing what I had a degree in video editing, graphic design, copywriting. Um, and I would start to watch these streamers go like, oh, I need an editor, man. Like this is too, I can't stream and edit 10 YouTube videos and, you know, and, and, and. So for a couple of creators that I admired and watched and was a part of their communities, I wrote them and I was like, Hey, I can video edit for you. And like, I'm trying to pick up freelance contracts anyway. Um, and my thought was the worst I can say is no. Uh, one said yes. And I started, uh, video editing for her, um, her name's Kitty Plays. She'll come up a lot in my story, I promise, because she's a longtime friend and now a business partner. Um, I don't mean to spoil my own story, but um, I started video editing. And over time, as we got to know each other, she's like, wait, you have a business? Like, why am I just having you edit videos? Like, can you manage the business that is my content creation? Can you work with sponsors? Can you design the campaigns for me? Can you, you know, really take on the, the business development component of uh streaming streaming mm -hmm. and content creation is a business for that person and can be for their team as well um so when i started looking for work after graduate school i really started looking in a space where like i was a part of communities i was um with the work that i did with kitty it really was like business and community management i ended up like taking over like the some of the moderation of the discord and i just sort of like bumbled my way over by pure accident into like marketing and community um which also happens to be a great thing that my degrees 
work for. <laughs> like I, I have the the knowledge background, um, but slowly started gaining the experience background in sort of this space in this industry. Um, and so from that, I was like, okay, let's just, let's stick here. Like let's rather than like, okay, sure. It'd be awesome to like be a marketer at like Tesla, SpaceX, you know, uh, any of the crazy big Apple, whoever, like pick any of the big tech companies, but like, also here's a space that I can use my skills. I love and care about so deeply and have been a part of, um, so yeah, I've been for the last six years, I've been a bunch of different hats uh, in the industry. I've been a marketing manager for a streaming tools project, um, a, a community manager, social media, you know, kind of all over the place. Um, and that sort of culminated within the last year into uh, Kitty and I starting our, like I said, our own uh, consulting agency for marketing in gaming because um, we see a whole lot of uh, missteps <laughs> into breaking into the industry and with the two of us having, I think the, I forget what our whole team combined is, but it's, you know, multiple decades of experience in gaming. Um, we figured we could do a lot of good for the space um, rather than sort of sit and keep our knowledge to ourselves. Very cool. I, I think you answered like my next four questions combined. I'm sorry. No, that's all great. That was fantastic. I'm sitting here just enraptured with it. Um, what, what is your favorite aspect of what you do? Mm, oh, so like I have many answers for each piece. Uh, for community management, I absolutely love connecting people. Um, I love being able to take a space that is full of strangers and turn them into friends. Um, that is the core of community management to me. I might be taking feedback about a game, but I'm also connecting a whole network of players. And uh, in one of the games I specifically work for right now, um, I've loved watching the community transform when I took it over. It was actually, um, the game was acquired by the company I work for and the discord was like just a chaotic unmoderated mess. And I was like, hello, new sheriff in town. We got rules and we're here to make everybody feel safe. And, um, it's turned into a really great space that has come with a lot of work and a lot of like excising the toxic. Um, but I love that. Um, for what I do at Radiance, uh, I think what I would say I love the most is um, marketing in gaming and esports and live streaming, which like I just lump together for the purpose of what I what I specifically do. They're obviously very very different, um, but marketing and influencer activations in the gaming space can sometimes um, be sort of ill informed, or you see everybody advertising with the exact same ten people, right? Um, the thing I'm proudest of with Radiance is we recognize from step one with our clients that the gaming community is super diverse. And yes, you absolutely could pick those same top 10 people that everybody advertises with and everybody wants on their poster. But also here are so many other stories uh, that you could tell. And there are so many other parts of the gaming community that need to be seen and will benefit connecting you know, your product, your service, whatever they're selling um, with that community. I think that's just the thing that we really started Radiance on is we want to make sure that everybody's story gets told um, and not just sort of the, um, and I never want to name call because I think they're all great, but right, like 
uh, Ninja doesn't need five more influencer activations because Ninja's Ninja's set. Like, and that's with all respect to Ninja because Ninja has done so much for advancing mainstream visibility. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but when you have a company um, that's looking to work in gaming, there are other ways to make impact and they don't always require the same type of creator. Uh, and I'm really proud of the network of creators that we have that you can tell all sorts of stories with. Fantastic. Okay. Now, Libby, is it pretty much just content creators you work with or is it other businesses as well? Uh, so we kind of sit in the middle um, right now. Uh, I always have to be very hesitant not to be like this person, this thing. Um, but right now we're um, onboarding a couple of clients that are, um, they make products and their idea is like, oh, well, we want to advertise with the streamers. So we really sit in the middle. Um, a company will come to us and say, we want to advertise with streamers, but we don't understand how. Like, sure, we could pick a couple of people and, you know, follow some formula that we think will work, but we'd rather have sort of that expert consult. Um, so we do work on the on the brand side um, as well as with creators. We, um, I, for example, we are not talent managers. We don't like sign someone exclusively to us and then say like, you will do these five ads and this is the rules, right? Um, there are absolutely agencies that do that. There are fantastic agencies out there. And we're actually, we network with, with several of them um, because when a brand comes to us and says, we want to work with, you know, creators with these demos, we'll go to those agencies and say, who do you have with these demos, right? Um, we we are not a talent manager, um, but we will do the consult and sort of bridge between the brand that may not know what to do at all. We'll say, here's the campaign that you want to run or will be effective to run. And here are a bunch of people we trust to execute it with you. Um, and for, in a lot of cases with our clients, we will uh, sit as the the people sort of managing the execution and sort of bring it back to them and say, you know, have your social media manager, make sure these things are retweeted, right? We'll make sure the streamers, the influencers do X, Y, and Z. Um, but we also are at the core of designing how they do that marketing. Um, so consulting, uh, we've consulted with companies on like, how, what should our booth look like at TwitchCon? Uh, rip in-person events. Uh, <laughs> that would, that I would love to do that work again, but we have to be safe. Um, you know, what does, uh, if we're sending care packages to streamers, you know, what are the, not only what's in it, but what is the requirement for what their post is and, and kind of the nitty gritty of what does that campaign look like on both ends? Um, so we do a little bit of, a little bit of both. Okay. Fantastic. Here, so you're sitting here in the middle. Um, now, Libby, part of the purpose of my show is not just to learn about you and what your company does. My, my purpose of my show, it really is. I'm hoping that somewhere somebody is watching this and they're seeing you and they're going, this person sounds really awesome. If only I could get like something from her out of this episode that I could use in order to grow myself. And I mean, I may be broke. I may be one of those people at the very bottom. What do they need to know? Whether it's a content creator or a business who's like struggling, you know, what, what are like the two or three things they absolutely have to understand? Ooh, um, <laughs> that's a hard one. I feel like I have instant answers for so much. And this one, I'm like, oh gosh, um, from a cre Okay. So like, I'll start with the creator one. Cause that sort of comes to mind immediately. Uh, when you have a, and this could, I, I work with gaming influencers primarily, but this could apply to anyone. Um, 
you are probably not too small for a media kit to put your information together and say, this is where I've been featured. This is the work that I've done. Um, a lot of, I see a lot of creators go like, oh no, like I'm not ready for that yet. I'm, t- I'm, I'm not big enough. I, uh, my podcast doesn't, you know, get the listenership that I think I should have to go seek out, uh, a sponsor or, you know, oh, my Twitch is too small. I don't, I don't have enough viewers. A company wouldn't care about me. Um, internally in sort of like marketing and business, um, there's a million papers and articles on the rise of the micro influencer. Um, but I think the creators are still stuck behind this wall of I'm too small. I don't know. Um, I don't know what to do. Um, so my advice to creators is like, you are, you're not too small, put it down on paper. Um, I do this for myself too. I, I, in addition to my actual, just like business and working in the space. I, I do stream myself on Twitch. I have an awesome community. Um, and I put myself in this trap too. I literally go like, no, no, no. Like I, um, I, I, sh- I don't need to apply for that. Like I, I would never get it. And then I was writing an application for something recently. I, I do, um, uh, broadcast hosting as well. And I started writing things and I was reviewing it with somebody and they turned to me and it goes, Hey, you forgot about your show with star Wars kids. And I was like, you're right. I did forget about that. Like, <laughs> like sometimes you need a third party to be like, Hey, you actually did this amazing thing. Um, but yeah, I like for a, a small community, like I'll pick on myself for a, a smaller community, a growing community. It's still okay to write that down and be proud of it. And like really like root into those accomplishments and what did you learn and what did you do? Um, for my brand side, um, for seeking to advertise or, or work with influencers in gaming and, and advertise is hard because you never want to just like pop a screen up on somebody's stream and be like, this is the ad. Here's your money. Like there's no connection there. Um, realize that live audiences, um, are not going to care about like the image panel on the side. They're going to want to hear about it. They're going to want to talk about it. Um, but my, my actual advice piece would be whether it is with Radiance Media or not, please seek insight from the industry. There is a really interesting set of articles that came out. This was probably almost a year ago now, but uh, there was a very well-known marketing agency working with Burger King. And they were like, how do we advertise on? Oh, you know the story. I know this one. Um, <laughs> how do we advertise with streamers? Yeah, let's, let's advertise with uh, Burger King. And what they were doing is they would go to streams and they would donate $5 tip, tip streamers, please stop calling your things donations. They are tips. Anyway, uh, (laughs) random soapbox. Um, They would tip $5 to the stream in hopes that their, their bot would read the message aloud. And the message was something like, here's $5, go get your product name, product name, product name here now available at a Burger King near you. Um, And that sure sounds on paper like a cool viral idea. Um, But if you knew gaming and you knew streaming, uh, the number one rule in every chat that I've ever heard of on Twitch is no self-promo. Do not come into somebody's stream and be like, hey, man, like, I love your podcast. I'm streaming in an hour. Will you raid me? Like, no. So what, what this org was doing essentially was ignoring the existing pulse of the audience and saying like, oh, well, we think this will be cool. Let's just do it. And it backfired so hard. Every content creator that I know was like retweeting the article with like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I actively don't want to eat a Burger King anymore. Like I I'm so mad that they would do this because it's, it's, it's exploitive of streamers. Um, 
The problem was so it wasn't Burger King's ad. It was the, the marketing company that's trying the, to get Burger King's business, if I recall. That, that was the, yeah, like it was the, it was absolutely, and what's interesting is like, so many people are like, that's the danger of working with an agency. And like, that is true if, you know, you don't align correctly. But um, yeah, my my brand side advice or, or company side advice is like, no matter who it is with, make sure that you are getting an authentic read on your the community you're going to be working with. And that is not just gaming streaming. That's like basic advice. But like, if you're breaking into a new space or a new industry, seek out that insight from the people who have been in it and don't just like decide that you're an expert by yourself because you watched like one stream. Um, I think that's like, that's part of why we exist. And uh, I distinctly remember that Burger King story coming out and I was like, yes, we picked the right thing to do. Cause everyone was like, why didn't they work with any gamers? And we're like raising our hands over here. Like we're, we're gamers, we're streamers. So it, uh, it worked out. <laughs> okay. Fantastic advice. Thank you so much for all that. Now uh, I want to talk about you a little more personally, if we can, cause that's, sure. that's what my show is, right? It's supposed to be about the gamer, not necessarily the business. What makes you special? Like you personally, because like you've, you've done all these incredible things that got you here. And if someone was trying to follow in your footsteps and try to emulate them, like what are, what are the characteristics, the talents, the skills that you have? Oh gosh, this is always the really hard part. Um, besides the fact that my mom thinks I'm the coolest person on the planet. Um, she's actually in my discord, the part of my stream. So like the, the, my mom says I'm cool. is like in full force in my home. Um, Ooh, I am a, when it comes to maybe like getting toward, this is, I, can you tell this is like really hard for me? Um, I am a person who self-organizes very well. And that doesn't mean like my desk is super clean or like my to-do list is immaculate. Um, but just that like, I know I take on a lot. And so I try to make, you know, whether it's like time blocking on a certain day or, you know, really, uh, writing my steps out super, super clearly in my to-do list. So my to-do list isn't like finish this deck. It's like, Hey, go grab this article, you know, whatever. And I know that's very business focused, but, um, I think it counts a little, um, I, I try to, you know how everyone goes like, oh, that's a future me problem. I try to eliminate the future me problems with whatever I do, like to plan something or put it together. Uh, maybe that's the shortest way of putting it. Um, I also have had just some really motivational and inspiring mentors um, who have been able to sit with me and be like, hey, going into this weird, obscure field is is not so strange. Like you need to follow what you're super excited about and, and super passionate about. Um, I, I definitely owe a lot to the folks who have like prodded me along the way to not giving up. Um, I also, for the most part, um, am not afraid to explain that I understand what I'm talking about and I have value. Um, I know, and this is something that's near and dear to my heart. Like I, I especially a lot of women in, in streaming and content creation in business in general are always like, Oh, you know, like I don't want to brag. I don't want, and I don't want to brag either. I don't want to be like, look how great I am. But like, I <laughs> distinctly remember a couple of jobs ago, sitting in a meeting and doing, like I said, I have a background in marketing, a, um, a market segmentation exercise, which anyone who's from the business entrepreneur side of gamerpreneur is is going to understand what a market segmentation is. Basically, you're writing out your desired customers and you're charting their habits and like, you know, all of these other things. You're, you're breaking down the who and the what and the why of your audience. You can tell your products and your business plan to it. Um, 
and someone else at the company like looked at this giant whiteboard that I had just, I remember the walls in our offices were painted with whiteboard paint and I had filled an entire wall. Like I was standing on a ladder to write stuff. I was like, the whole conference room was just my handwriting and like looks at it and is like, this doesn't make any sense. Like this is wrong. Like I, I know this better than you. And I was just like, no, you don't. No, 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 you don't. <laughs> like, I promise you, I have spent weeks on this. I have a degree in the, like this process. I do know what I'm talking about. Like I, a different version of me, a previous, you know, like a college age version of me would have been like, you're right. I'm sorry. Like, maybe I can go back and look at this. Um, and over time, I've just learned to be like, no, like, I will hear your perspective and I will always be gracious about it. But like, there are times when I have to be like, no, like I, I promise I know what I'm talking about and I'm not afraid to say that. Um, again, in a way that is gracious. Um, one of my childhood mentors, uh, it comes from the robotics community. He's actually a MIT professor, but um, he is a, it was just an incredible person. And he coined the term specifically in our robotics community, gracious professionalism. Um, and it was that it specifically in the context of this robotics or, you know, ethical competition, right? You're trying to win, but you're not trying to win by like cutting the opponent's wheels. Um, but overall, it it's something I was raised on because I was in that robotics community and I heard it all the time. And um, I think that's sort of something I try to carry into, into work and into life with me is, um, is that idea of like, I, I do have expertise. I will explain that with as much grace as possible. <laughs> and, um, and that we can all grow if we all recognize where those strengths are. So maybe that's my, uh, that's my little absolutely star. fantastic. Like, I love that answer so much. Uh, Thank you. you know, confidence is number one. It's so key. Absolutely. However, Libby, I don't want everyone to think you're Wonder Woman. Okay. We I'm, all not, have I'm definitely not Wonder Woman. And <laughs> God, no. You know, I actually, you know, I believe that we learn the most in our life from our failures, not necessarily our successes. Yeah. Because when you succeed, you may not know what happened like that first time, right? Like it did, yeah, what happened? But when you fail, you got to take a look at it. You got to like really examine it. You got to learn from it and be able to move forward and succeed the next time. So I'd like to ask mm -hmm. you, what do you consider your biggest failure in life? And what did you learn from it? Ooh. An interesting one for me, um, the first thing that came to my mind, and I don't necessarily think this is it, but the first thing that came to my mind when you said that, like just instant gut reaction was I dropped out of mechanical engineering. I grew up, like I said, captain of the robotics team, right? Like I was like, this is my life. I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to be the next great engineer. I'm going to be the most wonderful designer you've ever heard of, right? And then I decided it wasn't for me. And I remember internalizing that so hard and being like, oh my God, I'm a failure. So I don't think that's my, my like true, like I failed at this and this is what I've learned. But maybe the, the learning point from that is that you're allowed to pick something different. I've definitely had a couple of like life phases where I've been like, no, 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 I have to do this. I have to do this thing because this thing will define success. Um, and every time that thing wouldn't work out, I would just beat myself up endlessly and be like, you failed, you failed, you failed. Um, and I think that that self, like that negative self-talk, that sort of like beating yourself up for something that you did or even something that you chose, right? Like I chose a program that was different and was more aligning with my passions, but for probably 
two months. I don't think when I was on, I, I remember changing in the middle of a school year. I didn't tell my friends all winter break that I changed majors because I was beating my, I was busy like smacking myself for that failure. Um, and that's something I'm definitely trying to grow out of is like <laughs> aligning with the fact that you can have, you can pick a different path at any point. Um, but maybe the the failure in that is that like, I'm not always so kind to myself during that. I, um, I also, my sh- like really short, I promise I ramble. I know I'm sorry. Um, my really, my other one is, um, I thought with all that lead up, you were going to ask about like weaknesses, <laughs> uh, not just like one specific failure, but, um, I say yes to too much. So some of my like actual project failures or like process failures in trying to get something done, uh, will, stem directly from the fact that someone's like, Hey, do you want to do this? Sure. Hey, do you want to do this other project? Absolutely. That sounds great. And, and not, uh, I forget about future me for a second and I like sign on to all these things that are going to be amazing. Um, and then I'm either burning myself out or I'm letting other people down and I don't like having to choose between those two things. Um, and I think that's like (laughs) another thing I will sit and like, wail on myself for is like you mess this up and it's like okay yeah I messed it up let's keep going like let's let's just figure something else out then um but yeah that's that's another one that I um not that I struggle with but like I'll catch myself doing it and be like edit we know this don't do it (laughs) I you know what I I wouldn't normally elaborate on you know, someone's failure, you know, I, I normally go on to tell me something you're working to improve on yourself. I actually want to, that last point you just made where you catch yourself. I know so many people who they sit there and they beat themselves up. Like I'm a, I'm a business coach. I, I do a lot of executive coaching. And that's one of the things I see over and people just hit themselves and I got to find a way to get them out of that mindset. What was your trick? What, how do you do that? How do you catch yourself? Uh, sometimes I don't. Um, I think, uh, a really, really good friend of mine once, this is, it's not so much business. Maybe it applies here is, um, I, I, like I said, I, I struggle a lot with, um, like, like kicking myself for the decision or the lack of decision, or, you know, you made this, you overcommitted and then you let somebody down or whatever the thing is. And I'll be like, Oh, you're such an idiot. Like, a couple of years ago, I was um, on a vacation, remember those, uh, with <laughs> a couple of my really close girlfriends. And um, one of the women in the group was like, I don't even remember what it was about, but she said something. Maybe she like forgot to pack something. I don't, who cares? Doesn't matter. And she goes like, I'm such an idiot. And another one of my friends, like, slams her, I won't do it for my microphone, like slams her hand on the table and goes, Hey, that's my friend. Be nice to her. Um, and from that moment, like from I, I, everyone in the room was like, damn, that's so good. Um, and I use it on my friends all the time now. Like if my, I find like, you know, my friend or my partner or whoever being like, ah, oh, like I, you know, I'm so dumb. I'm like, Hey, da, da, da. I like them. Be nice. Um, but I've sort of built myself a little version of that on my shoulder. Um, a lot of the times it's my mom uh, <laughs> who will do that to me. Like, it's it's like, hey, 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 be, this is, be nice to her. We like her. But also um, there's a piece of my like business to-do list, you know, type A oriented brain that's like, hey, this is a waste of time. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, what are you accomplishing in these 10 minutes of telling yourself that you're the dumbest person that's ever lived? Cause you're not, it's a lie, but also like, what else could we be spending these 10 minutes on? Um, so it's a mix of like, just inspiration from friends who are much better at not beating themselves up than me. And, um, sometimes you have to let yourself do it though. Like I, I feel that way about like, whether you're like angry or you're beating yourself up or whatever, like, okay, here's the clock, 10 minutes. You get to like be mad about it for 10 minutes. And then it is time to get something else done or figure out the alternate plan. Um, I think I've taught myself that a lot just through just the constant like reminder of like, okay, like you can, you can choose something different. You can pick a different path. You can change what your, you know, your workflow is for this, but like sitting there and wailing on yourself about it and telling yourself that you are the worst and that you're never going to get anything done. Like, okay, then you're going to create that for yourself. If you say, I'm never going to get it done, it's not going to happen. But if you go, okay, I'm pissed. Here are the ways in which I failed. Here are the ways in which I can do better next time. Let's go. Um, I think that can really, it, that mindset shift is super, super important. God, that is so great. Okay. Livy, um, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention broadcast hers yes. because they, they got you here. So could you kind Absolutely. of discuss them a little bit and your relationship to them? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, one of the reasons I got to appear and I'm so, so lucky that I did is I'm actually a broadcast her Academy fellow. So, uh, the broadcast her Academy is one of the programs of the thousand dreams fund. Um, the thousand dreams fund, uh, supports talented young women in tons of different industries. Um, broadcast her is specifically around gaming, esports, content creation. So you might be able to connect the dots as to why I got to take part in the broadcast her Academy. Um, and so, uh, I'm in a part, a uh, part of a year long fellowship program, uh, with, uh, the broadcast her Academy. It's, uh, powered by allied esports and hyper X. Basically women apply, um, to, you know, it's, a mix between sort of like career advancement, uh, you know, a scholarship program. It is, it is funding and it is a mentorship program and like an event. So, uh, we all received grants. We received virtual mentoring sessions with, um, an executive somewhere in the field. So I talked a lot about, this was actually, I joined the broadcaster Academy before, uh, we launched radiance media. So I got to sit down with, um, you know, executives in the marketing department at hyper X who were like, Oh, here's what we would want to see out of this bridge organization. Right. So for me specifically, it was, um, you know, a lot of specific mentoring on the work that I was, you know, starting to, to put together. Um, there's also some really cool opportunities with other uh, broadcast her academy partners. Um, the fellows get to go to the HyperX esports arena in Vegas, um, and they get to like do mentorship sessions with uh, the different staff that are there, but also um, get a chance to host and cast. So if they're in esports, they're interested in like being the play-by-play -play announcer. Um, I got to do a Valorant tournament this summer with them, which was super, super cool. Um, so essentially it's a lot of industry connection. Um, obviously the funding helps, especially for folks who might work full-time and want to break into esports, gaming, live streaming. Um, that sort of grant can really help. Um, there was someone in the program who was, I just yesterday was tweeting, like doing all my upgrades this weekend. Thanks. Thousand dreams fund. Right. Like those, those upgrades, I'm you know, you, you run a podcast, you have all this tech, like those upgrades can make such a difference. Um, 
So yeah, that's, um, I am a, a broadcaster Academy fellow. I've had such an amazing experience. Our term is coming to an end because the new applications open next month, um, in March. So, um, if there's any young ladies looking to get into gaming that are listening, apply because it's awesome and I loved it. Um, but my time as a fellow has ended. But what's really cool um, in the community, the Thousand Dreams Fund community, is that um, the older, like the pre older previous year <laughs> broadcaster fellows um, are also, you know, still in the Discord and still kind of coaching. Um, we've also had an amazing partner in uh, Hitmarker Jobs, which is a job site for gaming and esports. Um, they've actually done like resume reviews. Sorry about my dog. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's picking up, but he is yelling. Um, it's just been a, a really cool foundational component to, um, I know for myself, I've, I already work in the industry, so it's been this awesome bolstering of everything that I'm doing and like knowing kind of what's next for myself. There are also members of the, the Broadcaster Academy Fellowship that, um, you know, our students are in university who are looking for their first job or their first space in esports. And I know for them, it's been super transformative as well. So, um, tons of different age groups and, and people that are benefiting from the program. Um, a lot of my uh, teammates on Team Kitty, the all-women stream team that I manage, um, have received grants in the broadcast her program as well. Uh, they're just all around awesome for women in gaming. Um, I'm always about inclusivity in any industry, um, coming from robotics and tech and then moving into gaming. Uh, we always, I always want to see more women at the table. So seeing the Thousand Dreams Fund make space for them has been amazing. All right, that's so fantastic. Okay, Livy. This has been an incredible interview. How do people find you? Where are you at on social media? Contact information, all that, please. Sure. Uh, so on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Ascesian. I promise I'll give it to you so you can spell it out for like the bio or whatever. Um, on Twitter, I'm just Libby K. Um, I am the only Libby Kamen I know of. So if you Google me, you can probably find me. Um, LinkedIn, same thing, my name. Uh, if anybody is a Discord user, I'm discussing on that as well. <laughs> um, basically, I make content. I'm actually about to launch a content series myself specifically about community managing uh, for streamers. So, right, I'm a community manager for a company, but how do those tactics apply to content creators? Um, so if you're at all interested in community management, I would encourage you to come check me out. And if you have questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, or feedback, on, uh, I don't know, me as a person or how loud my dog is, uh, contact at escesian.tv is my email. Wonderful. All right. As we wrap this up, do you have any final thoughts you want to share or anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? I don't think so, but I just want to say a, a big old hearty thank you for having me. This has been super fun um, and I've really enjoyed your time. And uh, if you are not subscribed or following or whatever the right term is for whatever platform podcast you're listening to, I'm do on it. everything. <laughs> thank you so much, Libby. Libby, I genuinely do appreciate this. This was really fun. Yeah, thank you so much. This was this was a blast, and um, I, I can't wait for you know the launch of the the Warcraft specific rant hour <laughs> bonus episode. <laughs> we definitely have to. I know a bunch of people who could probably get on it too. <laughs> that sounds. Let's do it. Why not? <laughs> all right. Okay. For everybody else, I'm going to remind you all: don't be just a gamer. Be a gamerpreneur. <laughs>